Hey teacher friend, before we dive into today's episode, I just want to let you know things are going to look a little bit different around here through December. Monday through Thursday, we're going to have three plus episodes every week, and I'll explain that more in a minute, but basically Monday's an interview, Tuesday's a shorty episode by me, a solo one, Wednesday's a little bit of a rant, and it's a Wednesday as of when I'm releasing this, and then Thursday are my thoughts on the side hustle industry and ways to help you make more money so you can support what you're doing in the classroom. Now today is one of those rant days and I'm going to be diving into what I really think about quiet quitting. So if you don't like listening to rants, no worries. You can pause this episode and move on to the next one or go back and listen to one you haven't heard yet before. If you are willing to dive into a little bit of rant with me or just kind of get inside my brain and hear what I think about certain things going on in education, then you will love these Wednesday wisdom episodes. I cannot wait to hear what you think about it after you give it a listen and now on to the show. falling in love for a minute. It's a thrilling and exciting adventure for both parties. It's a journey. They're always learning. I want for your students to fall in love with math, and I'd love it if I could help you learn to love math too. When we start from there, our math instruction automatically becomes more engaging, more relevant, more effective, and even more fun. And that's what we're all about here on the Learning to Love Math podcast. Hi, by the way, I'm Brittany. I'm a teacher, tutor, math learning coach, and the creator behind the Teachers Pay Teacher store, Math with Minis. In just two short years, I went from basically being math illiterate to having students make two years worth of games with math in my classroom. With mindset, motivation, masterminding, and a little bit of coaching, we can make math magical for our students. Let's get on to today's episode. Welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. following any of my speaking engagements throughout the summer or any of my resources or even just this podcast, you've heard me already talk a lot about formative assessment. It is really so important. Ideally, we should be formatively assessing our students every two to five to 10 minutes. And I get it. That's a lot, especially when you have to pay attention to everything else that's going on in your classroom and making sure you differentiated your lessons and so on and so on. But here's the thing, when we formatively assess our students, that actually takes care of a lot of those other things. The differentiation is already built in. The connecting with students is built in. The engagement piece and the community that's built in the classroom is all built in because we're taking the time to check in with our students to see where they are and how they're responding to the learning right now and giving feedback in real time and getting feedback as opposed to just teaching the lesson and then hoping it all works out at the end of the week, month, or unit. We don't have time for that. It's too busy. So this is why I created the Formative Fix. The Formative Fix is a simple course slash mini group coaching program over six weeks, where each week I show you and walk you through tutorial style how to make your own formative assessment. These formative assessments will go on to be templates that you can use over and over again in your classroom. So you can kind of think of this as a bundle of resources that you would otherwise get on a site like Teachers Pay Teachers, but instead of somebody else's resources that you don't even know if they'll be aligned to your standards or work for your kids, you'll know they were because you made them yourself. And if you decide later on that you want to open up your own store or shop on Teachers Pay Teachers or a site like that, you can use your own templates to create your own resources. So it's definitely dual purpose to help you formatively assess your students in your classroom and to help you make your own resources and make a little extra money on a site like Teachers Pay Teachers. I hope to see you in there. I have a discount code, especially for listeners. So be sure to grab the link from the episode description. And now on with the show. 
Hey teacher, this announcement is time sensitive, so don't miss it. This week, August 30th and August 31st of 2022, Teachers Pay Teachers is having a site-wide sale. This means that any resource you get on the website, whether it's from my store or somebody else's, is automatically gonna be 5% off. But you can save even more. You can actually save up to 25% if you shop from a store that's 20% off additionally. So that means you can save 25% off total. I am putting everything in my store on full sale, so that means you can get 25% off all of my items. I'll be sending out an email this week that has the discount code that you'll want so you can get that discount, the maximum discount, for anything in my store or anything in anyone else's store. So be sure to check the episode description for that code or grab the freebie that's linked in the episode description so you can get that sent to your email. It's good anyway, you get a bonus freebie and then you get all of the updates and behind the scenes things on the new products I have, new things coming up, new courses, memberships, and all of that good stuff. All right, let's get on with the show. is the first of many episodes that I just might regret recording. You might have noticed that there have been more episodes than usual this week, and that is the plan going forward through December of 2022. My goal is every Monday we'll have an awesome interview with a teacher sharing their wisdom and knowledge and experience and expertise with you to help you be better at learning to love math, teaching math, and helping your students learn how to love math. On Tuesdays, you're going to hear a solo episode that's a little bit shorter, usually. This first one was not. That's more focused on a specific skill or type of content. So right now, we're going really deep into authentic engagement and motivation and talking about the differences between the two, how to do them each. And I'm really sharing bits of my framework with you. So you can look out for that on Tuesdays if you're listening in real time. But the episodes on Wednesday are a little bit different. The episodes on Wednesday are kind of just my thoughts about what's going on in the education industry, in the online education content creator space, what I'm noticing, what's driving with me, what's not driving with me. So this is a really good episode for you if maybe you just need to hear from another teacher who gets it, who gets where you're at. I also have to be fully transparent and say, you know what? I understand that some of you might not want to listen to me anymore since I'm not in the classroom. And I totally understand. But I also know that there are some of you who maybe you're at a point where you don't know whether or not you want to stay in the classroom. And so you're still trying to figure out, do you want to stay in education? Do you maybe just want to move to another school? Do you want to teach a different grade? Do you need to do something fun on the side to light you up? Do you need to start a side hustle so you can make more money so that you're not stressed at least about how much you make so you can stay a teacher? No matter what it is, that's really what we're talking about on Wednesday. We're talking about everything in relation to education tangentially. So we're talking about burnout. We're talking about teacher longevity. We're talking about how employers can actually recruit and retain teachers, like i.e. pay them more. I think it's so simple and basic, but I digress. So we're talking about issues related to the field of teaching and education as a whole in general. And I think this is really great if you do not want to watch the news as far as the stuff, or if you're reading articles and you just want to hear from a normal person and kind of what they've taken from it and their experience. Today, we're talking about a term that's become really popular on TikTok and Instagram over the last couple of weeks, but I would say over the last couple of months in general, and that is quiet quitting. Now, at first, I wanted to hold my judgment and just watch some videos. I wanted to read some articles. I wanted to hear what people thought of when they were saying this term, what they meant when they said it. But the more I learned, the more I hated it. 
And you might be surprised to hear me say that because I am a big fan of putting in boundaries at work. I am a big fan of quitting a job, actually quitting a job when it's something that you really don't want to do anymore. And I also don't think we should have to go above and beyond as the bare minimum required, which is unfortunately often required as teachers. But let me just go into this and tell you why I don't like the term quiet quitting and why I think it's actually a gaslighting term. I am on board with someone doing the requirements of their job. Personally, I think that employers do have to go with the idea of a free market. If they pay their employees a low salary or a low wage, they have to be prepared for that person leaving for a higher salary or higher wage or better benefits. That's just part of the quote unquote free market if that's what we want. But whether or not there's a free market, that's not what we're debating here. We're talking about what it means when someone gets to that job. It just makes sense that when people have what they need, they're going to respond better because they're not going to be stressed about how much or how little money they're making. They're not going to worry about whether or not their needs are met. We know that as teachers for our students and we try to make sure that their basic foundational needs are met. I mean, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is very popular. I haven't thoughts about that, but I'll save that for another time. And there's a reason for that because yeah, if we're hungry, it's really hard to focus on anything else. But I don't like the term quiet quitting because it implies that we're quitting as soon as we stop doing anything that's above and beyond. And I don't think that's true. And I agree that as a teacher, that it's one of those unique professions that we can all be teaching the same standards, same skills, and yet we all have our different styles, our unique personalities that looks different in each of our classrooms. Some of us are going to come in early and have those Pinterest perfect bulletin boards. And if that's you, that's awesome. I don't want to discourage you from doing that. I think it's amazing when a student has a pleasant, pleasing, beautiful place to learn in. But at the same time, I'm not mad at the teachers who just draw something on butcher paper and slap it up there. I think that speaks to their personality as well. I know some amazing, incredible teachers who don't decorate at all. They leave the walls bare at the beginning of the year and let the students fill the walls with their work and their projects. And it makes the classroom feel like it belongs to the whole community. There's no wrong or right answer there. What I don't like is that with the term quiet quitting, we've basically said that the bare minimum, we've all accepted collectively that the bare minimum has been and will continue to be going above and beyond. And so implying that by simply doing one's job, we are quietly quitting. That is not the good name. And maybe that's what I really don't like about it. It is a great alliteration, quiet quitting. It sounds so good, but I don't think it's an accurate term. And I think it does kind of gaslight. Quiet quitting to me is when maybe you have some teachers at your school like this who they keep showing up to work, but they have completely checked out and it might be due to burnout. It might just be that they don't want to be there anymore, or maybe they're retiring and so they don't care. And I'm not judging either way. I'm just saying that that's where they're at. They have quit in their mind. They are either quietly or not so quietly quitting the job, but they keep showing up. They haven't quit. I don't know if you've heard that saying. It's a, it's a meme. You know, I've seen it on Facebook and Instagram like, oh, I've already quit every day. I just keep showing up, right? That's what I think of when I hear the term quiet quitting. And I think that's been around long before Gen Z, long before millennials. Um, I actually think the Gen Xers are kind of a perfect example about that. I mean, if you look at all of the shows that were popular in the 80s, I mean, burnout has been a thing. Those other, those other generations keep tending to show up to work and stay in their careers and jobs for better and for worse, even when they feel... Uh, burned out and overwhelmed. But here's why I think that quiet quitting is gaslighting. When we say that when you are doing, I don't even want to say bare minimum, when you are doing what you signed up for on your job description, what your boss has asked of you, what they told you that you'd be doing in your interview, what they put on the job posting, what they asked you to do in your application, I don't think that should even be a big deal. I don't think it should be a big deal. 
And maybe that's why it needs to be a big deal for a while. Maybe we need to shake up the workforce and have employers think twice about what they're demanding and expecting of their employees. And I totally get that. But I think the term just is just so terrible because it makes it sound like by showing up and doing your job that you're quitting. And that might be why it's such a divisive term too. Just showing up and doing the work to be a teacher is amazing. That's already hard work. And yes, you can absolutely get a full day of teacher work done within the contract hours. I have done it. I would say for the first two years, I did not. I was there early in the morning until late at night and then finally got my classroom management together. I finally got the basics of productivity together. I finally got my scheduling together and I was able to scoot it all into an eight hour workday with a lot of time practice and help from my other teachers. So you can do it but it does take a commitment. It does take setting those boundaries for yourself and setting those boundaries. It's important to say those boundaries are not for other people. Boundaries are internal. You decide what boundaries you have and when you enforce them, they become expectations from other people. So for example, if your principal always asks you to teach summer school and you keep saying no because you have set that internal boundary for yourself that you will not be teaching during summer, you will be doing vacation things with your family, then that principal will then have that expectation because you have consistently enforced your boundary and they will have the expectation to not ask you anymore because they have learned X teacher does not work during the summer. Okay, that is the expectation they have. And we can't always affect what other expectations people's ha- people have. That's why a lot of times when we start to enforce our personal internal boundaries or once we set one, we have a lot of friction or conflict with someone else because now our enforcing of that boundary is conflicting with their expectation of us. And that's okay. That's going to happen a little bit. And maybe that's what's happening now. Maybe the quiet quitting, as much as I don't like that term because I don't think it's accurate. I think, again, it gaslights us into thinking if you're not going above and beyond, then you're quitting, which is not true. I think everybody should just do a good job and you shouldn't be required to do anything more or less than that. I mean, that's just how it is. Maybe it took that to make us all think about that. And I know that COVID has definitely changed how we think about work. Remote work opportunities have made us think about that. Teaching from home, teaching virtually, opportunities to teach online, to teach kids from other countries has all forced us to think about what we want work to look like and what we want our lives to look like. But quiet quitting, the term, I'm not a fan. Personally, I think that we should have personal integrity and in that whatever we do, and I do believe that we should tr- really try to show up and show out for our students. And I think that most teachers would agree with that. But how we show up and show out is where we will disagree. Does everybody have to get there in the morning and have Pinterest perfect bulletin boards? No. Does everybody have to do 3D models? No. Does everybody have to do elaborate classroom transformations and novel studies? No. We can all be excellent teachers in our own way and give just what we need and what the students need to receive during the workday without burning ourselves out and without causing a riot for our schools. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to me today. I really want to hear what you think about quiet quitting. Send me a DM over on Instagram or you can come join our free Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash math with minis. Talk to you soon. 